You're listening to the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable, the official Star Wars Rebels discussion podcast of StarWarsReport.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rebels Roundtable, on Twitter at Rebels Round, or through our website, RebelsRoundtable.com. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, so strap yourselves in and welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special Data Burst episode of the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable. I am one of your hosts for Rebels Roundtable, Nathan P. Butler. With me this time to talk about a, a topic that has really kind of taken both Star Wars fandom and the internet by storm, both in a good, oh, what a pleasing rain sort of way, and a holy crap, I just got struck by lightning sort of way, is my co-host, not just from Rebels Roundtable, but also from Star Wars Beyond the Films, Mr. Mark Herleman. Hey, Mark. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Rebels out there. Me and Whistler kind of holding on to the ground you know luckily for him he's got those little magnet things <laughs> and hey you know based on what we saw of chopper in one of those preview clips from WonderCon, apparently not only can they go on their back wheels and uh all three wheels they can apparently do unicycling stuff on the front wheel now yeah yeah and, and bang his head he's an interesting little droid I said before, he sounds like uh, somebody is farting into a fan, but that's a whole other thing. I still think he should have been called Cobble, though. All right, folks. Well, what we're talking about this time in this special data burst is, of course, if you haven't been living under a rock, you probably already know that uh, Star Wars continuity has been in many ways reshuffled. There has been a huge sea change just here on uh, April 25th of 2014, uh, that is changing the way we look at Star Wars continuity and causing a lot of folks to be excited about what's coming, while there is a significant segment of fandom out there who are very upset about what's going on and thinking about, well, you know, I may never buy another Star Wars book ever, ever again. Uh, and that is this new announcement coming from Lucasfilm that basically says that the previously existing Star Wars continuity is being essentially deemed an alternate universe. They're calling it the Legends line. And a new continuity will move forward from here using the story group of Lucasfilm to keep track of things in such a way that unlike the previous continuity, it will be more uh, directed with a unified purpose in a sense. The original Star Wars Expanded Universe continuity was always beholden to whatever Lucas would do. It started out with the films, the live action films, which within the Holocron continuity database, the thing created to keep track of this massive library of Star Wars materials were thought of as G or George Lucas level canon. Then, of course, you had all these spinoff materials, licensed spinoff works designed to all fit together into a broader timeline that were all supposed to be a seamless continuity, though, of course, it showed cracks every now and then, which was known as C canon or continuity canon. You had some ambiguous things. They weren't quite sure if it should be included or not, including some oddball items like old RPG materials and whatnot, which were noted as S-canon or secondary canon. They were kind of iffy until something referenced them and then they could you know, be worked into the broader whole. And then you had your oddball items that were meant to be non-canon or kicked out of the saga, uh, which are known as in-canon or non-continuity, not continuity. Things like the Infinities comics that are sort of what if and whatnot. Eventually, when Lucas came around in 2008... He created the Clone Wars cartoon series and film, which was different than the live-action films in that he wasn't directly creating them, 
but he was heavily, heavily, heavily involved in creating them with the actual production process being under people like Dave Filoni. That necessitated a new level of canon they called T, or television canon, that superseded C and S, whereas not superseding and being thought of as almost on par with G. There's so the George Lucas version, and there's the expanded universe out of it. They used to call it uh, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit is sort of the way that Lucas referred to it from time to time. There was the inviolable films with the Clone Wars worked in there somewhat as well, and then there was the stuff that others were creating, and then the stuff that was out of continuity or fan fiction type things out there. Now they're going for something simpler. All of those previous things meant to be part of that broader continuity, or the official continuity as it's often called, expanded universe. That timeline is now being thought of as an alternate universe, which again, they're titling Legends, and that's not just a name that they're putting out there to give it a name. It's because they are going to keep, based on demand, some of the old novels and comics and such out there in print, like Heir to the Empire, but they're going to label them so that you know they're not part of this new line. They're going to have a little line going across the top that says Legends. Meanwhile, the story group is launching a whole new continuity based off of the prequel films, the classic trilogy, the Clone Wars, Rebels, and the upcoming sequel trilogy and other Disney films that'll now include novels, comics, video games, and such that aren't a lesser level of canon, but that are considered on par, truth-wise, for Star Wars with the films, with Rebels and the Clone Wars. What we want to talk about in this Data Burst episode specifically is how does this impact the Clone Wars, which was the uh, Balewick, so to speak, for Republic Forces Radio Network and for our Rebels Roundtable Prelude episodes with Season 6, and what does this mean for Star Wars Rebels, which of course is what this show will focus upon entirely, pretty much, uh, once that finally comes around later this year. I guess before we get into any specifics and start looking at uh, the press releases that came out from Lucasfilm and from Del Rey, in general, Mark, if you're a Star Wars fan who liked the Clone Wars, you expect that you're going to like Rebels, at this point, does this sound like, at least at first glance, like this is a good thing or a bad thing for that segment of fandom? Someone who maybe never picked up a Star Wars book before ever, but really liked the Clone Wars. Oh, you're in a good spot. I mean, <laughs> you're probably in one of the best spots. Uh, you know, moving forward for you, everything is, you're on the ground floor. I mean, really, that's, if you've already seen the Clone Wars and you like that, you like the films, as of this moment, before Rebels comes out, you're caught up on canon. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. One of the guys who's very uh, timeline centric as I am when it comes to Star Wars, Jim LaHane posted a photo on Facebook that basically had the complete saga Blu-ray set of the six films with the three bonus discs and then images of a bunch of the Clone Wars seasons and everything uh, and basically said, uh, well, here's Star Wars canon for now, which, you know, <laughs> I, I've completed everything. I've, I've bought everything. Let's get to where this all got going. Uh, where the announcements came in the first place. We want to take a look at the press releases from Lucasfilm and Delray on this, both of which at this point can still be found on StarWars.com, dated April 25th, 2014. The first one starts with the headline, The Legendary Star Wars Expanded Universe Turns a New Page. And try to stay away from the sarcastic comments on uh, the Turning a New Page title, because for a lot of folks it's, Oh my God, it's gone, even though that's not necessarily uh, entirely true. The press release begins. 
For over 35 years, the Expanded Universe has enriched the Star Wars experience for fans seeking to continue the adventure beyond what is seen on the screen. When he created Star Wars, George Lucas built a universe that sparked the imagination and inspired others to create. He opened up that universe to be a creative space for other people to tell their own tales. This became the Expanded Universe, or EU, of comics, novels, video games, and more. While Lucasfilm always strived to keep the stories created for the EU consistent with our film and television content, as well as internally consistent, Lucas always made it clear that he was not beholden to the EU. He set the films he created as the canon. This includes the six Star Wars episodes and the many hours of content he developed and produced in Star Wars The Clone Wars. These stories are the immovable objects of Star Wars history, the characters and events to which all other tales must align. Now, with an exciting future filled with new cinematic installments of Star Wars, all aspects of Star Wars storytelling moving forward will be connected. Under Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy's direction, the company for the first time ever has formed a story group to oversee and coordinate all Star Wars creative development. We have an unprecedented slate of new Star Wars entertainment on the horizon, said Kennedy. We're set to bring Star Wars back to the big screen and continue the adventure through games, books, comics, and new formats that are just emerging. This future of interconnected storytelling will allow fans to explore this galaxy in deeper ways than ever before. In order to give maximum creative freedom to the filmmakers and also preserve an element of surprise and discovery for the audience, Star Wars Episodes 7 through 9 will not tell the same story told in the post-Return of the Jedi Expanded Universe. While the universe that readers knew is changing, it is not being discarded. Creators of new Star Wars entertainment have full access to the rich content of the Expanded Universe. For example, Elements of the EU are included in Star Wars Rebels. The Inquisitor, the Imperial Security Bureau, and Sinar Fleet Systems are story elements in the new animated series, and all these ideas find their origins in role-playing game material published in the 1980s. Demand for past tales of the expanded universe will keep them in print, presented under the new Legends banner. On the screen, the first new canon to appear will be Star Wars Rebels. In print, the first new books to come from this creative collaboration include novels from Del Rey Books. First to be announced, John Jackson Miller is writing a novel that precedes the events of Star Wars Rebels and offers insight into a key character's backstory, with input directly from executive producers Dave Filoni, Simon Kinberg, and Greg Wiseman. And this is just the beginning of a creatively aligned program of Star Wars storytelling created by the collaboration of incredibly talented people united by their love of that galaxy far, far away. Now then, later the same day, we then saw a similar press release coming from Del Rey that explains what this new ground floor will be within this new continuity, this new canon that is being developed. Also on StarWars.com, under the headline, Disney Publishing Worldwide and Random House announced relaunch of Star Wars Adult Fiction line. That is, adult fiction isn't geared toward adults, not... Uh, that's a totally different thing. Uh, so, dated April 25th. Following today's announcement of Lucasfilm's new unified storytelling approach, Disney Publishing Worldwide is proud to announce their first step into that larger world, beginning with Del Rey Books. The publishing program will feature new adult fiction novels set in the beloved galaxy far, far away and will be closely connected to the cinematic entertainment currently in development at Lucasfilm. Star Wars novels consistently rank on the New York Times bestseller list. From the very first tie-in novel, an adaptation of Star Wars A New Hope, released by Del Rey in 1976, to the recently published Star Wars Kenobi, and dozens of titles in between. With over 75 million copies sold worldwide, these books have captured the imaginations and creativity of authors who have enriched the Star Wars experience for fans around the globe. Going forward, Lucasfilm has begun mapping out the narrative future of Star Wars storytelling that will appear on film and television and in other media, so that all projects will benefit from real-time collaboration and alignment. 
The future Star Wars novels from Disney Publishing Worldwide and Del Rey Books will now be part of the official Star Wars canon as reflected on upcoming TV and movie screens. Quote, with the establishment of the Lucasfilm Story Group and even our greater focus on unified storytelling, we expect our entire publishing program to be stronger and more meaningful than ever before, said Gene Mosher, if I'm saying it correctly, M-O-S-U-R-E, Senior Vice President and Group Publisher, Disney Publishing Worldwide. We're extremely excited to kick off this new strategy with Del Rey Books. The first novel to benefit from this deeper collaboration is Star Wars A New Dawn by best-selling author John Jackson Miller. Set prior to the events of the forthcoming animated series Star Wars Rebels, this novel tells the story of how two of the lead characters of the series, Kanan Jars and Hera Syndulla, come to cross paths. To tell this important backstory, Miller benefited from contact with series executive producers Dave Filoni, Simon Kinberg, and Greg Weissman, who together ensured this tale will be part of the Star Wars canon of storytelling going forward. It is scheduled for hardcover and ebook release on September 2nd, 2014. We're extremely proud of the hundreds of amazing Star Wars books we published at Del Rey, said Scott Shannon, SVP, that is Senior Vice President, Publisher, Del Rey and Digital Content. And now we're excited to finally be able to call our upcoming novels True Canon, a single cohesive Star Wars storyline, all while keeping the amazing backlist of Star Wars Legends content in print. Following Star Wars A New Dawn, the all-new Star Wars fiction line will continue with the following 2014 and 2015 titles. Star Wars Tarkin by James Luceno, November 4th, 2014. Star Wars Heir to the Jedi by Kevin Hearn, January 2015. Star Wars Lords of the Sith by Paul Kemp, March 2015. In years past, the storylines that would appear in print and on screen were developed separately, resulting in an expanded universe that differed in ways large and small from the filmmaker's canon. These rich stories provide a treasure trove of characters to fall in love with, and deep worlds to explore, and will live on in both physical and digital editions, newly branded as Star Wars Legends. For more information and for looks at the covers of all four new titles announced above, please visit the Delray Star Wars Books Facebook page at facebook.com slash Star Wars Books. So then Lucas has finally scrubbed the uh, holiday special off of the canon list, I see. That would certainly appear to be the case. Uh, along with, apparently, it looks like droids and Ewoks and the Gindy Tartakovsky uh, Clone Wars micro series and such, it appears that what we have going on here is that the old continuity that has existed up to this point, the novels, the books, the comics, all that kind of stuff, plus the live-action films, plus the Clone Wars, which is now an integral part of that thanks to Fate of the Jedi and such, that is one continuity, and this new one is basically based just around what we think of now, or have been thinking of as G&T canon, which means the films, presumably in their newest format, which at this point, the newest edit is, of course, the 2011 Blu-rays that are available on those 2011 sets and the 2013 sets. If you haven't seen the Blu-ray cut of the Star Wars films on DVD, because the newest cut was on Blu-ray for a couple of years, it is available now, by the way. If you haven't seen those, check out the recent DVD-slash-Blu-ray combo packs of the Star Wars trilogies. You can pick those up, and it now has the Blu-ray version of the films on DVD. So you, too! can see the ridiculous rocks in front of R2-D2 that were never there before, but always meant to be there, and the weirdness going on with the doors to Jabba's palace and such, and the no at the end of Return of the Jedi. I want to know what the uh, canon or the canonical uh, reasoning for the escape pod going blue on the hatch. You know, what's, what's up with that? Was it a cloaking device? So it appears that I guess from the Clone Wars perspective, what we're getting here essentially is that it is part now of both continuities, Legends and this new one that's being developed. And so it manages to cross over both. Presumably Rebels 
won't be part of the old continuity because it is essentially locked up and done in an alternate universe by the time that ever gets close to premiering. That did leave the question of what about the tie-in novels and tie-in comics, though, and video games? Because there have been tie-in materials produced for The Clone Wars. There was lightsaber duels, you had Jedi Alliance, you had Republic Heroes, uh, you had the novel line by people like Karen Travis and Karen Miller, and you had comics out there, some of which wound up even having episodes based on them, including the uh, Zygerian Slaver arc and such. And, of course, there's an upcoming series, which is Son of Dathomir. And the end result, thanks to some clarity that we got from people like Jennifer Heddle, finally does at least alleviate some concerns about that upcoming series. Son of Dathomir is the one Dark Horse comic series that will be considered in continuity for both the original continuity, but also for this new continuity. And that's because it's kind of unique. How come? What makes that series unique for those out there who haven't been following the comic news? Oh, it's mainly because of the fact that it's taking place in season six. Uh, we're getting the story of Maul, what happened with him, and supposedly, you know, what Sidious had planned for him. I mean, last we knew was, I've got plans for you. You know, like, oh, oh, what's this going to be? Uh, so, I mean, you know, it, it was a little, I don't know, strange to hear that it was bridging both, but I get why. I mean, you know, you got Crucible that picked up on elements of it. Uh, you know, Legacy of uh, the Force picked up on some of the elements from there as well. So, I mean, I get that, but it, it does put it in that weird position because the Clone Wars has always been the kind of, wait, what's going on with this era? <laughs> you know, how is this lining up? You know, you know, one of the things though that, that jumps out to me, you know, because Fans are, are reacting to this on a gauntlet of levels of understanding and misinterpreting. Uh, but they, they talk about while the universe that readers knew is changing, it is not being discarded. And yet then they talk about later about how, you know, you're going to pretty much they're going to mine this. Uh, and it's kind of like, well, if it's not going to be continued past this next year, that does kind of sound like it's getting discarded. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's easy to read too much into what somebody writes. This is true. Um, and there was a lot of misinterpretation and confusion about it because for a while there it sounded like they were just talking about post-Return of the Jedi stuff, which would have meant that the Clone Wars era and the Rebels era still had all the previous stuff in it, and yet they did wind up uh, going through and Jennifer Heddle of Del Rey was able to confirm that no, that's not the case. Um, but as he said, Son of Dathomir is something actually from Season 6. I mean, this was something that was written as scripts for Season 6, and all they've done is handed over those scripts to Jeremy Barlow to write the comic series for Dark Horse. So it gets this special treatment because, in a lot of ways, while it is being published as a comic, it is at its heart essentially the T-canon of the Clone Wars television series. I gotta wonder what this means for some of the retcons, the retroactive continuity stuff that was made for the Clone Wars, quite frankly. Things like... You know, we have Pre Vizsla when he gets that cool dark saber out there, which apparently now has no tie-in to the super weapon of the same name, because the super weapon presumably doesn't exist in that new continuity. But he talks about the dark saber as something that was stolen by the Mandalorians from the Jedi Temple during the Old Republic, which had a lot of us scratching our heads like, isn't the Republic that we're in the one that's always been called the Old Republic? What was the Old Republic? And they had to do some scrambling to say, well, you see, after this point, they thought of it as a new one and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, see, remember, it's kind of like that whole thing of, well, not allow this Republic that has stood for a thousand years to be, you know, destroyed, etc., etc. Oh, crap. Whereas Obi-Wan had talked <laughs> about it for over a thousand generations. Like, what does it mean? 
mean, I gotta wonder how much of the things that are from the Clone Wars that were sort of tweaked continuity-wise and given explanations, like even Moraband? Korriban? Lucas's name for the Sith homeworld? The original name for the Sith homeworld in the EU. Oh, don't worry, it's a planet that's gone by many names over time because it's so ancient that people have known it by different names. Yeah, that's the ticket. Mm. I wonder how many of those little tweaks we can now say simply are gone. Probably most or all of them to say, you know what? There is no need to explain away perhaps the personality difference in Quinlan Boss between the comics and when he showed up in Hunt for Zero. There is no need to explain away what the Old Republic meant when being referred to by Pre Vizsla, because instead of being, wait, what? And trying to take those things and retroactively fit them with what's come before, it's now more of sort of being able to take it at face value. And yeah. we could be seeing a lot of historical facts for this new Star Wars continuity already in place thanks to references made in the Clone Wars that either we interpreted differently or had to be tweaked to be able to make it fit with previous continuity because there is no previous continuity now that they have to fit in with. Is this is this a good thing or a bad thing? I think because of the fact that they rebooted everything, it's still a good thing. Uh, you know, you're moving forward in a place where it's going to be easier to walk without tripping. Uh, you know, I mean, that was like one of the major things was, you know, you had Lucas who could do whatever he wanted, bringing in whatever he wanted. Now you've got a story group acting like Lucas, but unlike Lucas, who said, well, there's my universe and then there's that other stuff. These guys are saying it's all one. Which, you know, I mean, I mean, me and you, we've been buying EU books for a long time. You know, we've been being told it was one continuity. We were being told it's all the official continuity. You know, I mean, so I don't know. For me, I, I think I think by having that break off, you're in a position now where things won't be as confusing. I don't know. I remember when we first got to retcons and stuff or, or you know, continuity errors. It was kind of like something fun to find. They weren't that many, you know, and they weren't glaring. That's for sure. <laughs> I think one thing that strikes me about it, and this makes sense for them to be able to basically say, hey, look, it's a clean break. You know, when Marvel picks up, that'll be part of it. Uh, Marvel Comics, that is. And Del Rey, you know, we're, when they get to this, these future books that are being published, because there are no other books on the publishing schedule, at least there weren't, until Kevin Hearn's book that was supposed to be part of Empire and Rebellion that is now Heir to the Jedi, one of the first of this new breed of Star Wars novels. As they get further in the year, there's a clean break of this is what's Legends, this is what's part of this new continuity based around the films, Clone Wars, and Rebels and such. It makes sense that they wouldn't say, well, when Clone Wars comes over to this new continuity, it does bring with it the spinoff Henry Gilroy comics of the Clone Wars line, uh, stuff like Hero of the Confederacy. It doesn't bring over stuff like, say, uh, the Clone Wars Digest stuff or or bringing over something like the novel spinoffs. There were spinoffs, as I mentioned, of the Clone Wars that were not just Star Wars Expanded Universe books that happened to be in the Clone Wars, but they were directly tied as spinoffs to the cartoon series. I'm thinking it's probably a good thing they didn't carry that over, because A, it does cause some issues with the feeling of a clean break. It means more things where you'd have to sort of pick and choose, this is in, this is out, when it's much mm -hmm. easier to just say, Son of Dathomir because it was based on the scripts and such. And part of it to me, I mean, they couldn't even keep the continuity straight of their own spinoffs to the spinoffs. Because yeah. I remember Wild Space, the novel Wild Space being designed around the idea of telling the events shortly after Christophsis that were supposed to tie into and parallel the first episodes of season one, back when the episodes of season one were assumed to be in production order. 
And then they swapped it around into airing order and then said, you know what, that's the correct order of these episodes. And the novel Wild Space is now an, a mess if you try to find a way to interweave it with everything else. Because while it may have some great scenes and a decent story, it no longer flows with the TV series. So it seems to me that the only choice they could have made there, logically, was to also say, look, Clone Wars coming over means a TV series. It does not mean the tie-ins that were labeled as Clone Wars, and that's that. Could they have gone another way? Is it even feasible for them to have done the opposite? I really don't think so. No, I, I think, as you point out, you know, they couldn't keep the continuity straight as it was. You know, the, going forward the way they did it, it, it makes the most sense. I'm just, I'm, I'm just remembering the frustration of playing lightsaber duels and trying to figure out the order of that and everything. It just, <laughs> I don't know, I, I guess it's just the fact that I'm so continuity and timeline minded that that kind of thing used to, to spin me in circles. Uh, in the past, before things have changed, to be able to actually contact Leland Chi and ask direct questions about certain things. For what it's worth, folks, by the way, you won't be hearing a lot in the way of uh, specific clarity that I can get from Leland Chi on things anymore, unless it's something he publicly is saying, say, on Facebook or elsewhere, because they have altered the policy that now they cannot answer fan questions regarding continuity anymore without it being approved by and going through the PR department. That is something that was kind of as, as a final send-off uh, that I got from Leland Chi the morning that we were recording this. So that is something that is definitely changing. There's, it's a lot less transparent, apparently, though hopefully there's not as much stuff to be concerned about anyway. Well, it, you have to wonder, though, can he not answer questions about Legends continuity? I mean, stuff that he's answered in the past. Now he's got to get a permission for I mean, I get it with the new stuff. I mean, because there's that side of things like I would really be upset if Rebels going forward did like the Clone Wars and it was completely put in an order that made no sense. And we had to wait till it was almost completely over to get a how do we watch this again order? Oh, I can only hope that they've learned their lesson from Clone Wars. But then again, the reason they did it with Clone Wars a lot was because of needing the time to create the assets and build up the library of character models and such that they would need to be able to tell certain stories. So, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully there's a little bit more done on the front end of Rebels here. So, for Clone Wars, it takes on a new relevance. It is something that dumps, uh, as far as the new continuity goes, is dumping its previous tie-in materials, is free of the constraints and the retcons, of the previously existing continuity and is now part of the bedrock of what's going forward. One of the things I actually suggested at one point and said that maybe it's just easier to say there's the films and that and then there's everything else. The downside being that while they're doing that, Clone Wars, again, the fate of the Jedi books now rely on the Mortis trilogy of Clone Wars episodes to make sense. There are guidebooks now like the Essential Guide to Warfare that reference the Clone Wars stuff. So... The fact that we've got Clone Wars being at the core of this new continuity does not remove it from the previous one. So those like me and, and Mark, who've been looking for an answer to how does the pre-2008 Clone Wars stuff mesh with the post-2008 stuff with the cartoon series, are simply out of luck. An answer is not forthcoming and probably never will be. But those two different ways of telling that time period do still exist within that Legends line. What's new, of course, is going to be Rebels. What you're looking at here is right at the moment where Lucas just said, uh, I think I may have broke Star Wars. Someone else has to come in and say, don't worry, we have a new shiny toy for you to play with. You don't need to worry about that broken one over there. Uh, think of it as a legend. Swinging the coin, I guess, in front of your face. <laughs> um, all right, so the biggest thing, though, now is that Rebels is coming. And now we at least know that Rebels, while being able to 
mine the previous continuity, is not beholden to anything from it, and Rebels is going to be able to tell a story of uh, the origin, for instance, of the Rebel Alliance without having to be constrained by anything else. In a lot of ways, it's brand new, open storytelling, very much the way that Clone Wars tried to be, except never really felt like because there was that existing continuity and we were being told it's all meant to fit together, uh, or it all must fit together, even if what that means is that somebody comes in and tries to put a you know, square peg into a round hole. I find myself intrigued by this, the fact that it's going to be the ground floor, but I think probably more intrigued by the fact that as it begins as the first new on-screen canonical materials for this new timeline, that the very first book being published is going to be a Rebels-based book. We had a lot of things being announced as far as young reader books, and that seemed to be it. You know, Rebels this, Rebels that, but they were all, you know, kiddie books. And I was thinking, uh-oh, you know, when are we finally going to find out about adult novels? And the very first adult novel we get, and yet not all of them, which is nice, not a flood, is A New Dawn designed to be Hera and Kanan's first encounter. I find yeah. that pretty refreshing and something to be very hopeful for, given that it's written by John Jackson Miller, who, if you're just a Clone Wars viewer, you didn't get into the EU, this is the guy that wrote the Knights of the Old Republic comics, the Knight Errant comics and novel. This is the guy who wrote the novel Kenobi recently, and the Lost Tribe of the Sith books. John Jackson Miller is sort of one of the, I don't want to say up-and-coming Star Wars authors, because he really has reached a high point. He's not up-and-coming anymore. He's one of the better active ones, especially when it comes to laying out story threads and seeing them through to fruition, even if it means quite a while before that happens. I find that as a good sign of hope so that those who maybe haven't read the books before because they said, eh, you know, a good book and a good Star Wars book are two different things. Because Star Wars has a lower standard because I've seen things about Crystal Star and such that maybe this <laughs> is something that can give people who haven't read a Star Wars book hope because they're starting out with a really strong stable of writers particularly on the book that is supposed to be a starting point for Rebels. Well, and, and another thing about having the clean slate here is now you have options where you could maybe see Han Solo on the Imperial side of things. Uh, you know, I mean, exactly how Chewie and him got together is now wide open. Uh, you know, exactly what he was doing in the Empire is wide open. I mean, technically, his whole background as an Imperial could be wide open. I mean, the that's some of the coolest things about this going forward. I mean, you could see maybe Leia manifesting in the Force, having some Force manifestations happening a little sooner. Although, you know, I kind of wonder about that with the uh, whole she didn't see Anakin and Yoda and all them at the end. You know, Ben, they they were only there for Luke, not for Leia. So well, maybe, maybe I don't know what they're going to do there. But I'm excited anyway because it, it's all fertile ground again. I guess it should be said here that, well, they are referring to the idea that, uh, as I quoted from the, the uh, press release and Mark repeated, that essentially that the previous continuity is not entirely going away, it's becoming the Legends timeline, but that it remains ground to be mined for ideas or references, kind of like the Inquisitor being based on the Inquisitors from the West End Games role-playing game, Imperial Security Bureau being something from the West End Games role-playing game back in the day, Kind of the way that Clone Wars mined things to bring in, for instance, Quinlan Boss, who may be an eh example because, of course, Quinlan Boss was originally created for the Dark Horse comics based on the appearance of a background character in Phantom Menace. Then they said, yes, it was the same character, but in the same way, say, as Holocrons were grabbed from the EU and brought in. Or the Night Sisters. Or Sakura. 
or Ayla Secura were brought into the live-action films, or the Outrider for the 97 special edition stuff. I guess we should clarify here for folks that it seems like what we're getting is something that goes back to the original way of looking at Star Wars continuity when the Expanded Universe was launched back in the 90s. Before there was a Holocron continuity database that laid out canon into you know, G and T and all this stuff, all these different designations, canon simply was a list of books and you were either in or out, canon or not. It's part of why there's so much confusion with the term canon in Star Wars because it was used so many different ways over the years to refer to different things depending on the nomenclature of who it was that was looking at things and what the state of Star Wars continuity was at the time. Yeah, it but, should never be fluid. <laughs> right. But it would seem as though what we've got here is another of these sort of this is in, this is out type of thing going on, which would basically mean that, for instance, let's say, well, take Clone Wars as an example. Clone Wars used Quinlan Vos in an episode. Clone Wars used a Republic Commando in an episode. But that doesn't mean that all of Quinlan Vos's background from the Republic comics, for instance, or anything from the Republic Commando books by Karen Travis immediately get drawn into a new continuity or this new canon simply by virtue of being referenced. This isn't like the way that they dealt with S-Canon back in the day, being pulled into C-Canon. These are alternate universes, essentially. It's probably the best way to think about it. Just because, you know, the Nathan Butler in an alternate universe may have broken his arm doesn't mean that I broke my arm in this universe, too. It may just mean there's a Nathan in both, but we are different and have followed our own development. So when they talk about it being a place that they can mine for ideas... It is just that. We are talking about alternate universe versions of things, and they may be very similar. They may not. But no usage of such a thing necessarily brings the entirety of a particular book or comic or whatever into this new canon unless Lucasfilm flat out says that's the case. And while they may do that on a case-by-case -case basis, kind of like the old continuity went back and brought in the Del Rey books from the 1980s, like the, the Brian Daly books, that's not something likely to happen in the near future because of how much they're talking about this whole clean break thing. If a book like Darth Plagueis, that provides so much backstory for the Sith and ties so many things together, itself is not being carried over from legends into this new canon, it seems unlikely that very many things, at least to begin with, will be. This does feel like it is a clean break. We can't make the assumption that just because something shows up in a news source, it must mean all the previous examples exist. Or we're going to find a lot of confused people very quickly um, and a very muddy continuity, which seems to be exactly what they're trying to avoid. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say you're going to see vehicles and things like that. Spaceships, all that stuff will probably, you know, a lot of it will be coming over. Locations, probably so. Characters, I, I really think characters are going to be like your 1%. So they're going to be super wealthy and protested against? Apparently. <laughs> all right, folks. So... In general, I would say that we've got an interesting future ahead here. Mark, just in general, for fans of the Clone Wars and for fans of, or people who believe they're going to become fans of Rebels, those who are excited for Rebels, should this new news be exciting? And should they feel as though the new novels and comics as they arrive are just as much Star Wars as what they're seeing on screen? One of the biggest arguments against the expanded universe in the past has been, well, this isn't as real as the films, so yeah, 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 this stuff isn't real. I only, you know, the, the film purists always dumping on the EU fans. Should we be excited about where it's going at this point if we're Clone Wars and hopefully Rebels fans? 
And do you think they really should read the new books that are coming out? Or is it something that you feel like they could still avoid if choosing not to? I, that's a good one because I think in a lot of ways some fans are going to be irritated. You know, the fans that have always felt like Star Wars marketing has just been how can we get more money? Uh, you know, those type of fans are going to really hate it. The fans that were always into the visual side of things and they didn't want to take the time to read. I get you. You know, there was a part of me that hated reading a long time ago as well. But I think that those fans are going to be really ticked when they find out that certain things are happening over in like this comic here or over in that game over there. I mean, you know, I, I'm a, a comic fan of Marvel and stuff like that. And sometimes I'll be following a, a comic line where all of a sudden like part of the story is told in a, in a comic that I do not follow. And because I don't follow that comic, they don't pull that comic for me. And by the time I realize, hey, I missed this comic, it's like, oh, well, there's not a second printing of that and it's sold out. And then you're just like, ah. And so there's that side of things that, you know, that that could, in theory, be something to watch out for, especially when you look at the fact that all these books are set right now, you know, two months apart, starting from uh, September, you know, boom, 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 two months apart. And if that's a trend that's continuing, I mean, that could become overwhelming very fast. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think, right, what is it, 2011, 2012, you know, people are like, there's too many Star Wars books, they need to slow down, and they got their wish. I mean... You know, now it kind of seems like we're having that ramp up again. So, I mean, there are some negative sides of things that people could see. But again, getting back to having that clean slate and having them working together, having one cohesive story. For me, that's something I've been praying for for the longest time. I mean, as an EU fan, the, the, the hardest thing to, to swallow was the fact that my Star Wars, which was the EU and, and it incorporated everything, was not the star wars that the maker created you know he that wasn't star wars to him and that was just really sad because i really enjoyed that stuff and and it would have been so cool to have him on board with that and considering it counting now we don't have that anymore now the people that are pushing this stuff forward they consider it all so i mean i think that's good even though there, there may be aspects of it that could suck you know i mean as an eu fan i know quite a few big ones that are pretty glaringly obvious that suck but I think the potential for the good far outweighs the negative here. Yeah, I'm going to have to kind of uh, agree with many of your thoughts there. I think that from the standpoint of fresh storytelling, we're really in for a treat because they don't have to even try to feel beholden to anything else as far as that goes. Uh, I think it'll be kind of a fun moment to see certain things referenced and perhaps uh, alternate versions of them showing up from the previously existing continuity. But to have them be free of those constraints, I think, makes for some, hopefully, is going to make for some good storytelling. And honestly, being free of Lucas probably is going to result in some pretty good storytelling. I think that um, Dave Filoni has a pretty good handle on things in many ways when it comes to Star Wars. And they produced some really good stuff the last couple of seasons, or last three, I guess, now, technically, of Clone Wars. But uh, I always think back to the ones that made me go, oh, and groan. Stuff like A Sunny Day in the Void on the Clone Wars. And what was that one? It was Lucas sitting back saying, uh, hey guys, I, there's this artist Mobius. Let's do something like that where it's like an episode about nothing and stuff. You know, where everybody in the writer's room is like, uh, <laughs> pretending not to listen. Uh, you know, not <laughs> wanting to take the job until Brent Freeman's like, uh, okay, George, I'll take it. With that kind of thing, the instance of how the comment used to be that uh, George Lucas sometimes needed someone to be there to say no, to be the one to hit the brake pedal, and how in many ways Rick McCollum just was not 
that for him when it came to the prequels and such. And just kind of the oddball moments of, of screw it, I want to do it. Forget if it's, you know, contradicting something else. Like, you know, Greedo, yes. We said Greedo, and everybody's like, oh, God, they're coming in and changing Greedo again. With Lucas not involved, it seems like we would have less of those kind of impulsive, well, I just want to do this because it sounds like a fun experiment type of stories. And at the yeah. same time, I, I see as how with the story group being a big part of this process, that it seemed like we would get something much more consistent and probably more ongoing storylines in Rebels. The way that we like the storylines and the story arcs as opposed to individualized episodes in the last couple seasons of The Clone Wars. So in that sense, I think we're really looking for some good stuff with Rebels. But I do see you're probably going to have some Star Wars fans who feel like they are being forced to read or purchase the new Star Wars content that's going to be out there. That to understand Rebels, if, you know, if Rebels is making a reference back to when Kanan and Hera first met, and you know there's going to have to be a reference to it at some point, that they are going to feel as though they're not getting the whole story without going and reading the book. In a sense now, the books, the comics, and everything will be the Paul Harvey saying, and now you know the rest of the story. Because without <laughs> them, there are going to be... There's going to be gaps. I have a feeling that fans of Star Wars who have read Expanded Universe stuff before in general will probably, unless they're the ones saying, you know, oh, it's all Legends now, it's a different continuity now, screw it, I will never buy anything Star Wars ever again, Lucasfilm, you've lost me as a customer for your spinoff stuff. Unless they're among that crowd, I would think that a lot of those who have read Star Wars books and comics before will be perfectly open to being able to pick up these new books, maybe even be more excited because now it's meant to be on par with and coordinated with Rebels, as opposed to thinking, well, I may read this book, but who knows what's going to happen that trumps it next week on the cartoon show. But I do see where those who maybe have never leaned that direction or haven't really planned on reading a bunch of Star Wars stuff. Like My wife does not read a whole heck of a lot for pleasure. She's not of the generation that really, really did that. I almost want to feel like our generation was one of the last to really read for pleasure a lot unless our parents really instilled it in us going forward from there, there's probably going to be quite a few people feeling as though they are being slighted or being forced into buying something to get the whole story and probably grumble. Just remember, folks, no one forces you to buy anything, except insurance, but that's a different thing. So these are your choices. You can always find out the information from somewhere else or contain and confine yourself to um, the television series and the films. But now, when they say that, you know, if you want more of the story, go check out the books and the comics, they mean, if you want to know the story, go check out those books and comics. Not an expansion thereof, not uh, an alternate version thereof, not a version thereof that will stay until someone stomps it. But the actual story. I love the uh, Harvey reference there i haven't heard that in i'd say about 10 15 years <laughs> yeah i know a lot of our younger listeners are like who harvey what is that isn't that the rabbit people talk about sometimes what that's the only thing i remember too is and now you know the rest of the story <laughs> all right well, so it seems like it's somewhat of an optimistic outlook here but uh that in general seems to be what this means you've got these new things where rebels and the Clone Wars now take on added importance as the bedrock of this new continuity. Clone Wars remains in both, and going forward, expect to see some expansion of at least Rebels, if not the Clone Wars, that is on par with what's been there before, and hopefully some storytelling that is significantly more cohesive 
than what has come before. It's an interesting time to be a Star Wars fan and certainly an almost bipolar time uh, mm-hmm. to be a fan of the Star Wars publishing line at this point. Boy, Mark, do I feel it. <laughs> Mark, I want to thank you for joining me for this data burst. Yeah, it was good to be on. It was, uh, you know, kind of uh, longer than I thought, but I think it needed to be. <laughs> yeah, some stuff needs to be clarified, I, I would hope, I would think. But thank you very much for joining me, folks. Again, if you want to check out the Facebook page for Rebels Roundtable, it's facebook.com slash rebelsroundtable. You can also catch us on Twitter at rebelsround. Go to rebelsroundtable.com. It'll send you directly to our part of the starwarsreport.com website. Also, though, if you're interested in this topic and you want to hear a little bit more about it from the broader continuity standpoint, not just Rebels and the Clone Wars, but what this means for Star Wars publishing and Star Wars timelines as a whole, you can, of course, check out uh, Star Wars Beyond the Films, the show that Mark and I host also at StarWarsReport.com, Facebook.com slash SWBeyondFilms, also at SWBeyondFilms on Twitter. And if you want the real nitty-gritty timeline discussion, the very small, minute specifics to get into that for those uh, who are really big on chronology and such, you can check out the Facebook page for my Star Wars Timeline Gold over at Facebook.com slash SWTimelineGold, or check out the timeline itself at StarWarsFanWorks.com slash Timeline. Yes, a new version is going to be in the works for this year. Yes, it will have a new timeline on it for this new canon. And yes, I'm looking forward to the headache that's going to be to do. But uh, should make for some interesting timeline work time over the summer. Thank you for joining us, folks. And now you know the rest of the story. Nathan and Mark, good day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable. Interact with us online at facebook.com slash rebelsroundtable or on Twitter at rebelsround. Also, be sure to visit rebelsroundtable.com when looking for an episode directory of the show. The Rebels Roundtable team is proud to carry on the legacy of Venganza Media's Republic Forces Radio Network podcast. We invite you to visit republicforces.com's archive section to hear many of the team members' thoughts on the Clone Wars, droids, Ewoks, and the Clone Wars micro-series. And check out Star Wars Beyond the Films, the official Expanded Universe podcast of StarWarsReport.com, hosted by Nathan and Mark, which you can find amongst the 2nd Airborne Division podcast network on StarWarsReport.com. He opened up that universe to be a creative space for other people to tear their own... Ah. Uh, Sorry, I was finding a burp the entire time I was trying to say that freaking line. (laughs) I'm like, it's coming, it's gone.